The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are the Montreal Canadiens now? Well, folks, they lost their second game of the rookie tournament in Buffalo, New York. But uh, do we care is a better question. Are, are we upset about the fact that they're losing games at the rookie tournament in Buffalo? No, we're not. We're not. We expect them to lose a lot of games this year, probably in the regular season, never mind the rookie tournament. So losing at the rookie tournament... Is it a big deal? No. We're looking for good performances. So hello and welcome to another special episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I'm here to talk about the performances that, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit in that second game. And unfortunately, we did not get a second look at Uri Slavkovsky. Um, they kept him out of the lineup. He is going to be back in the lineup in, on Sunday against the Ottawa Senators. So we'll see him again, but we had to look elsewhere for those, you know, eye-popping performances against New Jersey. And I got to tell you guys, the first one is the same guy that I had as number two in the last episode. It was Owen Beck again. Man, I can't say enough about this kid. I can't. He's incredible defensively. He's constantly in the right position. Uh, he's constantly moving his feet. He it, he has hockey IQ way beyond his years, especially for somebody who had a complete season robbed of him in the OHL. And he scored another goal. So through two games so far, he's got two goals. And the goal that he scored against the New Jersey Devils was was beautiful. It was a really great turnover generated by Riley Kidney, uh, who they actually moved to the wing, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But Riley Kidney generates the turnover, gets it over to Owen Beck. He's down in front, and he has a guy draped all over him. Somehow manages to protect that puck, move into the slot, and still, as he's falling down, generates enough velocity to beat the goaltender clean. I mean, this kid, again... His forte is really the 200-foot game. He only had 51 points last year in the OHL, which was essentially his rookie season because he was supposed to have his rookie season the year before, but the entire season got canceled by COVID. So his offensive game is still under development, so to speak, under construction in Montreal terms. We got traffic cones all the way around his offensive game, and we're waiting to see what he can you know, accomplish on that front. And so far in this rookie tournament, he's showing that, I don't, I don't know what he's been doing in the summer, but he's been improving upon it because that's two goals in two games and looking dangerous on a regular basis as well. There was a couple of other opportunities that he had uh, that he generated 
one of them, he got the puck um, just inside the defensive blue line, right? He was coming back on the back check. Puck gets turned over. He grabs it, spins around real quick, great acceleration up the wall, and just goes into the offensive zone and gets a shot on goal. Uh, It got stopped. It was a really nice save by their goaltender, and I forget who that was in net for the New Jersey Devils. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at that, and I'm going, man, this, this kid knows how to generate offense. It's almost like he's just trying to figure out how to put it together completely. And again, you go back to the goal, right, in front of the net, gets into the slot, protects the puck, gets the velocity while he's falling down. I mean, he knows how to do it. It's just a matter of him, I guess, getting the reps in, really. And now he's starting to get some reps, and he's starting to look really, really strong without sacrificing any of that defensive game that really made him, you know, a a, a potential first-round pick. There were some outlets, I believe, I'd have to go back and double check, but I believe some outlets had him ranked in the first round. He drops to Montreal at 33. Um, I think, and again, I, I believe I said this in the last podcast, he might end up being considered as one of the steals of that 2022 draft. I mean, if the offense really comes along the way that it seems to be, there's a very good chance that he becomes like an, a, a very reliable, defensively responsible top nine center that can also contribute offensively. It could be like another Philippe Dano. I, again, I think I said this last episode. When I watched him last year in the OHL, I, I saw shades of Philippe Dano. I saw that defensive, you know, shutdown ability out of him that you don't often see in centers, especially at the junior level. And in, in, in that game against the New Jersey Devils, I mean, at one point he was on the back check and just really good positioning overall, but also recognized that one of the defensemen was out of position, so he knew he had to get back and cover. And then one of the Jersey forwards was trying to throw a saucer pass into the middle to set up a breakaway. And Owen Beck just got himself into the right position and managed to just have some epic hand-eye coordination to knock the puck out of the danger zone and into the corner and basically took away a scoring chance from the New Jersey Devils. He's legit. And I I threw it out there. I said on Twitter, you know, there's a possibility that maybe this guy plays some games in the Montreal Canadiens uniform this season. And, of course, you know, we had the uh, the haters diving in to sit there and say, well, you're out of your mind. You have no idea what you're talking about. I don't think it's that crazy to say that he might earn himself some games in the Montreal Canadiens uniform this season. I know that the forward group is incredibly crowded. They don't have space for people to make the team and stay there. But I'm not talking about him making the team and staying there anyways. I'm talking about the possibility of him getting a couple of games before they send him back to Mississauga. I don't think that it's that crazy. I know it's only two games. I know. And you don't want to make harsh judgments based on two games worth of a sample size. You also don't want to, you know, over-project somebody based on what they can do in two games. And I'm not sitting here and saying this guy's going to make the team and he's going to score a goal per game. All right? I am saying that what I've seen so far leads me to believe that he could earn himself a deeper shot. I think he's going to earn some preseason games at the very least. And we'll see from there. He might actually be able to earn himself some regular season games if they can find the space for him on the roster, which might be a tough task. It might, because my number two guy that I wanted to talk about, 
um, was again somebody that I talked about in the last episode was Philip Meshar. Um, he's a guy that, for all intents and purposes, we're expecting him to potentially be sent over to Kitchener in the OHL. Um, so similar to Beck, he's probably heading back to Ontario uh, to play his season. But another incredible performance from him. I mean, it, it was a tough game for them because they're playing against a Devils squad that uh, my buddy Scott Matla told me basically what we saw was pretty much their top two lines and their top four defense that are expected to be playing for the Utica Commons. So they're basically an AHL team. They had a lot of experience on that Devils team for a rookie tournament. And Philip Meshar scored another goal. So now he's also two goals in two games at this point. Um, And he got it on the power play. And he was in the bumper position, right? So he's playing bumper where basically your job is to move the puck. And he kind of backed off a little bit. So he was still, you know, not in the slot, but close enough to the slot that he was kind of threatening. And he kind of just moved around in the right way and gets the puck. I think it was Lucas Condotta that passed it to him and just fires a beautiful shot. Beautiful, low, hard shot into the net. And I got to say, I was not sold on that draft pick when they made it. I, in our mock draft for Eyes on the Prize, I had picked um, Jagger Fergus to go to the Montreal Canadiens at 26. They took Philip Meshar, and I wasn't sold on it. I wasn't super happy about it. Um, But so far, through these two games at the rookie tournament, he's proving me wrong. He's got some offensive upside. He's got some wiggle, man. He can really dangle around people when he wants to. He might be better than Jagger Furcus. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. It's, again, as I mentioned earlier, you don't want to take too much from small samples. It's a two-game sample. You might want to calm down a little bit, Matt. But what I've seen so far has led me to believe that I can say with at least a reasonable degree of comfort that maybe I was wrong. Maybe he's better. We'll see. I'm I'm at the very least I'm excited of the prospect of being able to find out whether or not I was wrong. Again, I go back to the top 2525 and when I make a ranking for the top 2525, I I don't sit there and think, "Well, I got I got to be right about this," right? Whenever I put somebody in the 20s or in the 30s or even the 40s, right? If I end up being wrong about one of those guys, I rejoice because that's like found money. It's like I didn't expect that guy to be anything for the Montreal Canadiens and turns out he is. Are you kidding me? I'm ecstatic. I love it. It's the best thing that could possibly happen and I hope it happens with multiple players. Another player that I hope it might happen with is uh, William Trudeau. Had a, had a great game for the Habs against the Devils. He scored a goal. Um, it was a really good goal. Jumped into the rush, uh, took a pass, went to the net, put it in. I mean, he's a guy, I watched a lot of him in the QMJHL. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I've talked about him um, quite a few different times. He might take a few years before he really jumps into the pro level, right? I think he's going back to the Q for another year. After that, we might see him jump up into the AHL. And I, I really think that he's a sneaky player that at some point he might really force his way into the top four in Montreal. Top four is probably a, you know an ambitious ceiling when it comes to Trudeau. But I don't think it's completely out of reach 
He has a lot of offensive upside, and he's very physical. So the defensive aspect of his game, it does need a little bit of improving. But I think the more that he works on that, as long as he can maintain that physicality and maintain that offensive upside as well, I really do think that there is a possibility that we see him at some point in the top four um, with the Montreal Canadiens. So exciting times ahead, especially on defense when you consider how well um, Arbor Jacki fared in the first game and uh, how well Jordan Harris looked in both games. And uh, we haven't even seen Caden Gooley yet. Caden Gooley's first game of this rookie tournament is going to be on Sunday against Ottawa. So the, the future is pretty bright in Montreal right now. And that's why I don't get why some people on Twitter want to constantly shut down anything that you have to say positive. You know, if you say something like, well, I think this guy might earn himself a little bit more of a look this season. People freak out and they go, well, you're, ooh, you're jumping the gun, man. You think this guy's going to make the team and he's going to stay on there the whole season and there's not enough space for him. Okay, well, I never said he was going to stay there. I said, I think this guy looks good, and I think he might have a shot. And that's really all I see in this rookie tournament is people who have a shot, right? And I don't know when that shot's coming for some of them. I have an idea of when I think it might come, but, you know, time will tell. I like what I've seen from a lot of different people at this rookie tournament so far. You know, everybody I named today, everybody I named in the last episode, and we'll see again on Sunday. Right, we got another game coming up, and I think they're going to have a lot of the big guns in there. Like I mentioned, I think Caden Gooley's getting in. I think Slavkovsky's getting back in. I think a really interesting move would be to put Owen Beck in the middle of Slavkovsky and Meshar, just to see how that goes. Right? Again, this is not me saying that that's going to be a line for the Montreal Canadiens during the season. Let's settle down a little bit, but. It's something that I'd love to see, just in a small sample. And lastly, the last note that I wanted to do uh, before I end the podcast is uh, Riley Kidney on the wing. I mentioned this in his top 25, under 25 profile, that I think the wing is probably the place where he's going to find his home in the NHL. And sure as God's got sandals. He looked great on the wing. Um, He was able to really compliment Owen Beck quite a bit on that line. And... I would like to see more of that. I would like to see him play in the wing more. I, I, the, the only concern that I have there is I don't see how the Ekadzi Bathurst Titan can really afford to put him on the wing. I don't know if they have the personnel to allow him to play there if he goes back to the queue, which he probably is doing. So that could be a bit of an issue, but I would like to see just for the rest of this camp, right, for however long Riley Kidney remains with the team before he goes back to junior, I'd like to see them do more of that, trying him out on the wing. He's a very smart player. I don't think if he goes back to the queue and he goes on uh, to play center for, for the Titan that it's going to be a big problem for him going back to the wing afterwards. I'm just thinking any taste of pro hockey that we're going to give him at this point, let's give it to him on the wing because we got a log jam coming up at center. And I just don't see a way that he's going to make the team as a centerman. I think he'd be better suited to the wing. So loved what he did. Um, Would love to see more of it. Anyways, that's about it. We're running again over 15 minutes. So since soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.